Today's scripture comes from Matthew 11, 28 through 30, and Romans 12, 15 through 18. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And from Romans, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lonely, do not claim to be wiser than you are, do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, my God. Good morning. Well, we're in week four of this sermon series, I Like Jesus, But. We have a complicated relationship with Jesus, a complicated relationship with the church, a complicated relationship with other Christians. And this is the statement we might often say, or maybe even the statement that we've often heard when we are out in the community. I like Jesus, but, and the focus for this week is I like Jesus, but I'm tired. Mothers are tired, and I'll get into the statistics in a little bit, but folks are tired. Moms? Mother-like figures in this room, are you tired? Did you hear that? Everybody, are you tired? A little bit louder. One more time. Everybody is tired. I like Jesus, but I'm louder. Come on, you are tired, and maybe that's inflecting in your voice. I like Jesus, but I'm tired. All right, let's pray. Holy and living God, we give you thanks for this day, a day that we are tired, and we lay that at your cross this morning. We lay it all at your feet. We are worn, down, beaten up, busted, and yet you still call us. Call us to be your disciples, call us to this place, call us to be filled with your Holy Spirit, and call us to seek out your kingdom above all else. But God, we are tired. So may we come to a time where we are able to rest and rest fully. And may we come to a place where we can be rejuvenated to follow in your way and your will for our lives, for our community, for our world, and for your kingdom on this earth. All this we lift in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And together all of God's people said, Amen. So today is a joyous, bittersweet, and delicate, and somewhat difficult day, all wrapped into one. We celebrate mothers, and we remember mothers, and we celebrate and remember those motherly-like figures throughout our lives, right? We remember those women in our lives who have given to us sacrificially and who have taught us a great deal, and we've all had a mother, and some of us had great moms, Some of us who had had moms who had everything together, or at least they made it seem that way. Some of us had moms that were challenging, and some of us had moms that hold a place in our lives and we can hardly bring to speak their names. 
Jesus' words this morning from the Gospel of Matthew, as Marvana read for us, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Learn from me. Likewise, Paul's letter to the church in Rome, he speaks these words, Live in harmony with one another. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live peaceably with all, so far as it depends on you. Do not repay evil with evil. And this one can be rather jarring, right? Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Those words of wisdom from both Paul and Jesus sound a lot like words our mothers or mother-like figures used to say or still say to us. Especially the don't be wiser than you are, at least for me and my mom and grandma. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Who has it been for you? Who has been a person in your life where you would go to them to share that joyful news or that sad news? Who has it been for you that has taught you to live in harmony with others, to call you back to reality and to say that you shouldn't be and claim to be wiser than you are? Who has taught you to not repay evil with evil, but do what is noble in the sight of all? Who has it been for you that you would go to to find rest? For me, it was my grandmother. And for many of us, this has been our moms and mother-like figures in our lives. Blood, biological, adoptive, foster, surrogate, other family members, and even neighbors. And these are the people in our lives who have given us something of themselves, a piece of themselves. These are people who, in our lives, they have given us something that we cannot repay them. Teaching us by their word, by their example, and by their life. Thanks be to God for moms and mother-like figures who have embodied and who have incarnated and who have exemplified the words of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we give them a, a, a hand today? I said it's a difficult day, too. A difficult day because some of us don't have good relationships with our moms. And to be honest, I don't. I don't have a good relationship with my mom, but that is a time for another sermon and another story. My grandmother, though, me and her get along well because she bakes for me all these delicious chocolate chip cookies all the time. Yes, I'm not going to stop bringing it up. But she's the one who I go to when I have news to share, be it joyful or sad. And she's the one who I go to to find rest and even to be put in my place, right? (laughs) Slow down, she would often say as I was in my adolescence, my teenage and even my 20s. Slow down because I was always on the move and I was always on the go. And I'm going to keep walking back and forth to show you how I'm always on the go. And growing up, I never wanted to sit still. I just couldn't because it seemed like every time that I sat still, I would fall asleep and I would start snoring. Even when I was five, six, seven, twenty-five, thirty, I lived by this mantra, I can sleep when I'm dead. Do any of you live by that mantra now? Okay, okay. No. Maybe you did before. I could live, I could sleep when I'm dead. 
If I sat down, I would fall asleep. I woke up before the sun came up. I went to sleep after the sun had gone down, way after the sun had gone down. This advice that my grandmother would give me, it's going to catch up with you, she said. Nah, no, no. So I kept pushing forward. I could sleep when I'm dead was my mantra. Sleep and rest are for the weak. They're a waste of time. Nothing like unsolicited advice from your relatives, but it's good advice now. <laughs> um, now that I stop and actually think about it years later. As my wife, Alicia, and I were getting ready to welcome our son, Xavier, I'll never forget the words from one of the members of the congregation I was serving. They had said again and again and again, you better bank up some of that sleep. What? Who says that? You can accumulate sleep? Are you serious? Why didn't I know about this before? Why? I, I wish I knew about this, but the fact is we can't bank up and accumulate sleep and lay it aside for a time when we actually need it because we get tired, right? We need sleep. We need rest. Always there's going to be more work to be done. There's always going to be something on a proverbial plate that needs our attention. We don't like to slow down and stop because who knows, we might fall asleep and actually get the rest that we need. We need more hours in the day. We need to focus on something else. We can't stop and sit down. But being able to rest helps us to make sure that our priorities are in check. So I want to ask you, how is it with you? Honestly, think about it. Are you running on fumes? Are you testy? Are you at your wits ends? According to a study from 2022, three out of every five U.S. adults feel more tired than they've ever been. 55% of those respondents said that no amount of rest will help them feel focused. And out of that same study, it concluded that female participants who had children who were mothers on average worked nearly 100 hours per week. Amen? Come on. They need rest. Everyone is tired. Women are tired. Moms are tired. Men are tired. We are tired. So let's give them thanks one more time. Amen. And we're all tired. I like Jesus, but I'm um, Keep claiming it because it, you are tired. <laughs> We're bogged down by life. We're bogged down by the priorities of the yokes of our priorities that we bear, where we find our value and our worth. As we heard in the scripture passage that Marvana read this morning from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heaven burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is life. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. In Jesus' day, living underneath the law was a burdensome thing. They had 613 points to be kept, and few, if any, were able to actually do it. It was a no-win situation for even the Pharisees. And if you broke one of those 613, it was done. It was over with. It would shatter it all. People saw the burdensomeness of the law as life-robbing. And yet, here is Jesus coming along, and he says, Come to me, all of you. Who have heavy burdens on you. Take my yoke upon your shoulders. Learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
The scribes and the Pharisees used the law as a means to browbeat and weigh down people, but Jesus came to correct their interpretation of how life should be under God's reign. The crowds around Jesus, and even us included today, have a great dilemma, don't we? Do we keep on everything that we know about this life, everything that weighs us down, those things that shackle us to this life, or do we give it all to Jesus and let them go? And then take upon him and his yoke, one that is easy and whose burden is light. But what is a yoke, right? We live in the 21st century world. We don't know what a yoke is unless we're Amish, right? And you're probably not here if you're Amish. But anyways, (laughs) my cousins are Amish. I just want you to know that. So I have it in my blood, nonetheless. We want to know what a yoke is, right? We need to understand what the terms and conditions of following this Jesus and being yoked with him. What is it? What is a yoke? In these modern days, farmers use uh, tractors rather than oxen to plow fields and cultivate their land. And a yoke as an implement was is rarely seen, but it's this big and bulky wooden thing across that would lay across the necks of animals, binding them together for the work and the purpose that they have been called to. Be it plowing a field or carrying a cart. Being yoked together means where one goes, the other one goes. Yokes are anything but mechanisms of rest and relaxation. So what is it about Jesus' yoke? How is Jesus' yoke any different than the others? After all, a burden is still a burden and a yoke is still a yoke, right? The Greek word that's translated here in the scripture passage as easy, my yoke is easy, means kind. A good yoke, as any farmer will tell you, is one that is carefully shaped around the neck of the animal, so there is minimal chafing. Jesus' yoke will be kind to our necks and our shoulders, enabling us to carry the load more easily. In this sense alone, his burden will be light. We come to Christ and we say, Jesus... These are the burdens that are weighing heavy upon us. Take them off of our shoulders and my back and my neck. And he responds and he gives us other burdens and another yoke. Jesus, we thought that you had come to deliver us, but now you're giving us more burdens and another yoke. Are you serious, Jesus? Nah, we're good. I like Jesus, but... We want a Messiah who comes to remove all of our burdens and our cares, not one who places burdens and yokes and cares upon us. Come on, Jesus. I'm certain that you, similar to me, would like nothing more than to relieve someone's burdens and help someone in need. Someone who is bound by the shackles and chains of living free from everything that burdens them and weighs them down, all of the pains that they have. I would like nothing more than to set you and me free from all of those weights and all of those burdens that we carry. Those things that break our backs and our shoulders. These things that are written all over our faces. From our past guilts and our new disappointments and burdens that we've carried for so long that we wouldn't know what to do without them. Friends, we struggle with life day in and day out, night after night, with little joy, little sense of fulfillment, and little left within our spirits. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Could there be more refreshing words than these? Sooner or later, we will all need that rest. Amen? Sooner or later, we will all find ourselves in need of that promised rest and taking Jesus up on that invitation. 
When life weighs us down with our concerns, when work is creating unrealistic demands, when our family life is challenged by arguments and rebellion and discouragements and disagreements, these are the times when we seek out God and when we seek relief by turning to him. But are these the burdens that Jesus is talking about? Yes, and... Jesus is also talking about the burdens of the law, the burdens of following and seeking righteousness to do the kingdom work. Jesus in in the gospel of Matthew is fervent on setting the religiosity of that day correct, getting them right in their interpretation. It's not only about following the 613 laws, but it's also following what God has called you to do in the here and now. Jesus in Matthew's gospel, chapter 23, a little bit later from our scripture passage, he warns the crowds and denounces the scribes and the Pharisees. He says this, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do. For they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens that are hard to bear. They lay it on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move it. Then Jesus says, woe, 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 woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you lock people out of the kingdom of heaven. For you yourselves do not go in, but you stop them from going in. No wonder why Jesus was considered a a glutton, a friend of tax collectors, a a drunk, not well received by the good old church folk. Jesus and his disciples went against the grain. They had plucked grain from the fields. They had processed it, rubbed it together. They ate it, right? Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath with a withered hand. Jesus did this stuff time and time again on the Sabbath, and he made people mad. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, and so he was despised. So how? Why would we take up this one who is despised? Why would we take up his yoke and his burden? Jesus says, here is my yoke. Wear my yoke. Take on these burdens. They are easy and they are light. There is rest. There is renewal. There is respite. There is rejuvenation from everything that life throws at us in Jesus. He invited the disciples and all people, even us too, to lay down our burdens, to set aside it all and let it go. All of those things that bind us down in order to find rest and peace in a new relationship with God. My friends, Jesus, in his own active obedience to God's will, carries the burdens that we were meant to carry. Amen? Amen? Jesus goes outside of the ditches and the ruts in our lives so that we are able to breathe in his spirit and breathe in the fresh breath of life. But in those moments that we find freedom and that we find rest for our weary souls, Jesus also calls us to do another thing. It comes with a cost. We like to hear this part of this scripture passage with come to me and we find rest and we find rejuvenation and we also find a lightening of our load, right? Take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But we miss the point or at least we gloss over the point again and again. We miss Jesus saying, learn from me for I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. We would rather receive the blessings without the work, the blessings of rest and the blessings of no longer carrying the heavy burdens upon ourselves and upon our shoulders and just giving it to God. But the blessings are part and parcel of the work. In order to receive the blessings of rest and the blessings of encouragement and the blessings of an easy yoke, we 
have to give it to God. And then follow in the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus says that he's going to relieve us of one yoke and put on another. But it is because of our yoke mate that the burden becomes light. Jesus is not diminishing the weight of our accountability to God, but helps us to bear this with our responsibility together. Jesus is not the only one who saves us, but he also summons us. He gives us not only comfort, but a calling. Come to me and then learn from me. Come to me and I will give you rest. But here is my burden and take it upon yourself. Carrying the cross is not an easy task. Following Jesus is not an easy task. It requires loyalty and commitment and obedience. And there's nothing easy about it. For the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking in preparation for today, what if Jesus speaks this way about his burdens and his yoke because the burdens that he places on us indeed are lighter and more bearable than those we place on our own backs. We live in a society that values personal achievements and success and hard work, and that's okay. But then we read that we're also a culture where many die from overwork and exhaustion and stress and fatigue. And we have burdened ourselves again and again with working to get what we want. And because we have an ever-rising load of expectation, our striving never ends. When is enough ever going to be enough? Too often do we lay aside the, the yokes that we formerly carried, the burdens that we formerly had. And we do take on Jesus' yoke and Jesus' burden. But then... But then we want the other yoke and the other burden that we had before because we know it. Jesus calls us to leave everything behind and follow him and take upon his yoke. But the other one's more familiar, even though it hurt us on our shoulders, even though it hurt us on our backs and our necks. We would rather have our old yoke and our old burdens, even though in Jesus we can find rest and relief. Is that you? The yoke of his approach is easy to bear, and the weight of his requirement for us is light. A few years ago, a humble saint and devoted follower of Jesus Christ passed away and joined God's kingdom eternal. A couple of years prior to him placing his pl- taking his place in the great cloud of witnesses, they had shared with me some of the burdens that uh, they had been carrying for quite some time. In my first week as his pastor, the four-hour house visit with this cherished and meek saint had asked if they could share some burdens with me. I said, absolutely. The first thing that came out of their mouth was, Pastor, I'm old. I'm old. I have nothing left to offer. I can't do these things that I once did. I can't do it anymore. I feel like I'm letting Jesus down. My brother, I said, no matter your age, no matter your ability, you have the gift of presence and prayer. His response was, that doesn't seem like much. But I reminded him it's not about his ability, but it's about what God does in, with, and through the gifts that God has given you. That's the same as true for us. It's not about your ability, but it's about using and employing the gifts that God has given you. To be with one another, to be yoked with one another, to carry the burdens that we have with one another. Then, in this conversation, he said, I've got a bigger burden to share with you. My response was, my friend, my brother, let me carry that burden with you. 
He said after enlisting, after enlisting in the service for our country nearly 80 years ago, he shared with me that his daily prayer that was that God would forgive him of what he had done while serving our country. This adored and unpretentious saint and dedicated follower of Jesus Christ each and every day would pray that we as a people would not be at war. That we as a people will live together in peace with our neighbors and our brothers and our sisters. My friends, we are yoked together as the body of Christ. We bear one another's burdens together. We do life together. We journey side by side with each other, yoked with one another and yoked with Christ. We are linked in the yoke of Christ. We not only bear the burdens and the crosses, but we go out into the community to share the light of Jesus Christ. That shattering statistic that has continued to be shared each and every week and is the catalyst for this sermon series that 73% of 165,000 residents in Stafford County are not only plugged in, uh, not only not plugged into a church, but they also don't believe that Christians act like Jesus. That has gone up. That statistic and that percentage has gone up every year in the past five years to its staggering 73%. We have work to do. We have burdens to carry with one another. We have yokes to be a part of, and we have crosses to bear, and we get to do it together. That's not exciting news, but it is the news and the work that Christ has called us to. My sisters, my brothers, my friends, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will find rest, and you will find rest. We need that word Now more than ever. Because at the beginning, you said that you were tired. You're still tired? Probably even more tired. (laughs) But listen, may you find rest in the good news of Jesus Christ. As we leave this morning and as we come to this place uh, in a time of prayer, I want to invite you to take it upon yourself. Whatever it is that is on your heart, that is weighing you down, that is shackling you in this life, that is threatening you. And I want to invite you to just lay it. Leave it here in this place. Lay it at the foot of the cross. Know that God is yoked up with you and that you are yoked up with God. And know that we are yoked up with one another. Amen? Amen. Let us lay it all at the foot of the cross.